Awesome. Well, what's up, Central? How you guys doing? Looking good out there? Hey, my name's Tim. I get the honor of serving as one of the pastors here. I want to give a special shout out, not only to those of you here in the room, but also want to give a shout out to those of you joining us online. Uh, I heard this week from one of our our missionaries. Uh, You might have heard of them, uh, Jim and Lori Barnes, all the way from Czech Republic. Thanks for tuning in. It's good to see you on the other side of that camera right there. Let's get up for them and everyone else joining us online. Awesome. Well, hey, if you're taking notes, uh, we got this bad boy for you to help you follow along, hopefully retain some information today and, uh, and apply it to our lives. Um, today we're talking about uh, a fun topic uh, and a title of a message that I've labeled how to hug a cactus, uh, how to hug a cactus. Today we're talking about those difficult people in our lives and how do we deal with them. And, and the short answer, the synopsis, is uh, the way you hug a cactus is you got to have thick skin and a tender heart. Or as the great theologian Cinderella said, be kind and have courage. Be kind and have courage. That's the only way you're going to be able to hug a cactus. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you, this isn't the type of message you preach if you're trying to build your attendance. Uh, but this is the type of message you preach if you're trying to build some people. Uh, and we're trying to build people here at Central who, who not only have information about Jesus, but actually live the life that Jesus lived. And it's going to require some thick skin and a tender heart. Now, now if you're like me and uh, you see a guy up on stage talking about how to deal with difficult people, uh, if I'm you, I'm hoping in the next few minutes, I'm going to give you five practices of how to fix all their junk, how to deal with that jerk in your life and how, how we can show him who's boss, right? The challenge of dealing with difficult people is that, that we cannot control what others do. However, I can control how I respond to difficult people. Uh, you can't control what difficult people in your life do. You can control how you respond to those difficult people. And one of the many areas I'm, I'm continuing to grow in, got a lot of areas I need to grow in, uh, but one of the many is, is mastering my emotions. And, uh, and here's the deal. You can master your emotions or your emotions can master you. Uh, you. You have a choice. It's an area for all of us to grow in. But there's something about dealing with difficult people that that becomes the school for us to, to master our emotions, right? And the beautiful thing about dealing with difficult people, difficult relationships And let's just say this, they they have issues, right? They they have their own issues. Let's acknowledge that out of the gate. Uh, But the beautiful thing about dealing with difficult people is that it reveals something on the inside of us. It reveals something that's typically hidden within my heart, but something in dealing with difficult people has a way of squeezing that out of me, has a way of bringing that out of me so that I can have an understanding of it and deal with it and address the issue at hand. Uh, Check this out in James. James puts it this way in James 4. One and two, uh, it says this, what causes fights and quarrels among you? And don't, don't, don't read ahead. Here's what, it, here's what it is. What causes fights and quarrels among you? I'm like, well, that's a rhetorical question, James, because it's that idiot right there. That, he, he causes fights and quarrels. I'll tell you, James, what causes fights and quarrels. It's my boss. My boss is an idiot. Like, like we got we to gotta fix him. I'll tell you what causes fights and quarrels among us. It's my coworkers. My coworkers cause, cause they, I do all the work on the project and they get all the credit and that causes fights and quarrels. I'll tell you what causes fights and quarrels. If, if, if my spouse would help out around here, man, that, that would, uh, that's the issue right there. Well, James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? He says, he turns it around. This is counterintuitive. He says, don't they come from your desires? Help me out with the, with the black words. Don't, don't they come from your desires that battle? Ouch, James, what's up with that? He says, actually, it's not, it's not, the problem's not out there. There's actually something in here 
that causes fights and quarrels. He says, you want something, but you don't get it. And let's be honest, that's at the root of all of our arguments. I want something my way and you didn't do it my way. Therefore, we're gonna fight. <laughs> you want it your way, I want it my way. And now there's, there's tension, there's friction. He says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. So, so therefore you, you kill, you covet, you, you, you do not have what you, you can't have what you want. And so therefore you, you quarrel and you fight. Here, here, let me illustrate it this way. Um, uh, I was unpacking some boxes and uh, I came across these beauties right here. Um, and I packed these all the way across the country. So I feel like I have to justify packing them and moving them a lot of miles. Um, I got this illustration from Andy Stanley and, and it's a powerful illustration uh, because this is Princess Pink Lips and this is Mr. Mustache. And here's how this plays out, right? Mr. Mustache walk along, he says, sees Princess Pink Lips. He's like, hey, how you doing? And let me ask you a question. Did it hurt when you fell? What do you mean? What do you mean when I fell? You know, when you fell from heaven. Ah, oh, Mr. Mustache, you're such a smooth talker, right? It, it, oh, I, I, I hear that accent. Are you from Tennessee? No, I'm, I'm not. Why do you ask? You're the only 10 I see. Oh, okay, okay, right? Oh, we're getting close now, right? We're getting close. And, and here's what happens. Mr. Mustache and Princess Pink Lips, they're like, well, hey, let's, let's talk. And then talking moves to, ooh, what's up? Hey, hey, hey. And then they get married, right? Then all of a sudden something happens. Something happens, right? And, and so they get married and then they, 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 there's something that, whoa, whoa. What, what, was, what was that? You, you, did, you did something to me and that happened, right? And, and he said, well, well hey, you know what, if, if, you would, if you would help out a little more around the house, then, then I would be a little more affectionate. Well, hey, I thought you said that we were gonna like make love every day of the week. Well, hey, I would if you would help out around here and boom, 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 right? There's friction. And here's, here's what happens. They come to a guy like me and they said, hey, Pastor Tim, he does this and he forces pink nasty stuff to come out of me. And he says, well, hey, if she would do this, then, then this, these blue nasty things wouldn't be coming out of me. It's, it's, it's her fault. No, no, no. It's his fault. No, 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 no. And here's what the Bible's saying. Nasty, this is, this is going to be profound. Might want to write this down. <laughs> blue nasty balls come out of this Mr. Mustache because nasty things are in there. Pink Nasty stuff comes out of Princess Pink Lips, not because of Mr. Mustache, because it's in there. It's in there. And there's something about dealing with difficult people that, that cause us to, right? And, but unless we're in context, unless we learn to hug a cactus and, and get in proximity with some of those cactuses and not just avoid them, then, then sometimes... We're not going to figure out what's in here. And let me tell you this, single people. Single people have a misconception about marriage relationships. And they think, hey, if I find Mr. Mustache, if I find Princess Pink Lips, my life will be perfect. <laughs> All the married people are laughing. <laughs> then I'll be happy. Let me tell you this, single people, God will give you the gift of marriage, not to make you happy, 
but to make you holy. <laughs> to reveal some things on the inside, right? Hey, the married people are clapping because they're like, yeah, I'm in process. <laughs> I feel that, right? Here's what Jesus said in, uh, in Matthew 15. He, he's saying the same thing. Matthew 15, 18 through 19, he's talking to these religious leaders in the context of uh, ceremonial hand washing, not dietary laws, things like that. He says, he says wait, 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 wait. The issue is not what, what you put into your mouth. He says this, uh, but it, the, what goes into you doesn't defile you. Here's what he says. But the words you speak come from, the, from your heart. And that's what defiles you. For from the, from the heart come evil thoughts. Now, now, Mr. Mustache says, I got evil thoughts because of Princess Pinkless. M- Princess Pinkless, I got evil thoughts. I'm about to smack you with a hot iron. <laughs> no, no, no. That thought came from Princess Pinkless because it, it's in there. It's in there. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, what, what causes sexual immorality? What causes adultery? Mr. Mustache would say, because it's her. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying, no, Mr. Mustache, there's, it's, it's in you. It's not her fault. It, it's in you. Theft, lying, slander, like it, it comes from within us. And so our, then our response in dealing with peop, difficult people has less to do with what they did, has more to do with who I am. It has less to do with what the difficult person did to you, has more to do with what's on the inside of you. In how we respond. Now, this isn't easy stuff. Like, hey, I don't want to talk about this because it means I have to apply it. Or at least try to, right? It, this is deep into the pool stuff. And, and so, like, we're, we're, we're going deep today. And so turn to your neighbor. This is deep. In, we're doing a cannonball into the deep end of the pool. So turn to your neighbor and say, it's okay. You can swim. You can swim. You're going to survive. You can swim. We're going to be all right. <laughs> deep into the pool. Deep into the pool. All right, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this one down. The first fill in the blank is this. Deep into the pool, I'm not, this is not easy talk. Uh, but the first principle is this. We've got to overlook the offense from them. If we're going to hug a cactus, we're going to deal with difficult people, we've got to learn to overlook the offense. Uh, so my wonderful wife uh, last Thursday was hanging out with a friend and uh, parked in an ideal spot to get your vehicle towed. And um, <laughs> our three-year-old daughter, I, I, I'm not... Not trying to put you on blast, but our three-year-old daughter uh, was there with her, and uh, and it was kind of scarring to our three-year-old. And so I, I got home late that night and was talking to Elsie, our little daughter, and I was like, "Hey, what what happened today? Tell me about your day." She was trying to play this game, like I'm not going to bed, and I'm like, "Well, what what's up? What are you doing all right?" She's like, "Daddy, this man tried to steal my mommy's van today." <laughs> I say, "Oh, really? Tell me about that." Well, Daddy. He, he tried to steal her van uh, and put it on his truck and take it home with him. Uh, but it's not his van. It's my mommy's van. And she said this, daddy, him yucky. Him so yucky. And, and whenever, like that's the, that's, she's redlining at that point. Yucky is like, whoa, we're, she's, up, she's worked up. Some of you have a deeper vocabulary than that. I get that. Um, but yucky is a big deal. So him yucky. And the more she talks, the more worked up she Daddy, him so yucky. I punch him in the face. And the more she talks, the more, more animosity uh, begins to come from my sweet little three-year-old daughter. Uh, never mind the van was parked in a location that merited being towed, but she felt an offense. 
And here's the funny thing about feelings. Feelings are not right or wrong. They're simply informational, right? Your feelings are not right or wrong. They're simply communicating some information. And um, they inform us of how we perceive a situation. Now, she perceived that situation as unjust. Therefore, she was responding out of the emotions of injustice. It's not right or wrong, just informational. And the more that she marinated on that situation, the more she ruminated on that situation, the more she stewed it over and over in her mind, the more worked up she got. So it went from him take mommy's van. No, no, him yucky. No, 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 I punch him in the face, right? Stirs it up. Proverbs 10, 12 says this, uh, hatred stirs up trouble. Now, now, hey, you want to drop a little bit of hatred in here? Stuff's going to come out. But, but so, so hatred does this, but here's what love does. Love, ouch, love overlooks the wrongs others do. How do you keep the nasty stuff from coming out of you? Oh man, we, we got to overlook some stuff. And, and here's the deal. Love does not pretend it didn't happen. That's, that's foolish. That's ignorant. Um, love chooses not to dwell on it though. Love chooses not to stew over the offense. Uh, daddy I don't like that man. He'd take mommy van. Him yucky. I push him in the face. <laughs> the more she stews on it, the more worked up she gets to where it went from here's an offense to no, now here it's a label. Now I'm going to take action on that yucky man. Proverbs 12:16 says, fools give annoyance at once. I mean, they just let it all out, baby. That's what foolish people do. But here's what prudent, here's what wise people do. Uh, but the prudent overlook, overlook an insult. Uh, my wife, she coached volleyball for uh, several years and was a great volleyball coach. And one thing I appreciated about her coaching technique is she would lay the ground rules for all the students, all, all the players and the parents at the beginning of the year. And one of the practices that she had was this 24-hour rule. And, and here's the deal. She would sit the parents down. She would sit the players down. Here's the deal, mom and dad. Here's the deal, player on my team. I think you're awesome, but, but there's going to be some things that take place this year that are going to offend you. You know, if you're not performing up to the level of expectations to help our team win, then you're going to be sitting by me on the bench. We, we're we're going to be, we're playing to win here. And if, if you're not helping our team win, then you're going to come have a seat with me. Now, mom and dad, I'm just saying, you, you spend a lot of money on this program. I get that. And whenever that, that offense occurs, I'm just asking you to give 24 hours. 24 hours, right? Here's the deal with stress. Here's the deal with tension. It's kind of like a balloon. And, and, and the more stress, the more offenses blows up this balloon, right? And, and I, can approach, I can approach Noni and be really offended. I would never be offended at Noni. She's awesome. Uh, sweetest lady in the room. Uh, but but no, I could, if I'm inflated, I go to Noni immediately, I can pop. And here's what happens when I pop. Nasty stuff happens. Bad stuff happens. Blood gets shed, right? On both sides, because Noni will fire back. You coming at me, bro? That's what she would say. Tim, you coming at me, bro? <laughs> and there'd be bloodshed on both sides, right? 24-hour rules. Here's, here's what Proverbs 19, or 1911 says. It says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. Wisdom says, oh, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to address this. I'm going to have 24. I need to have a little bit of patience. It is his glory to overlook an offense. So whenever someone deeply offends you, whenever that cactus uh, tries to give you a warm embrace, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to overlook some offenses. That doesn't mean that we're going to ignore it. It doesn't mean that we're going to act like it didn't happen, but it just means we're not going to stew on it. We're going to address it and we're going to move forward. 
Apply a 24-hour rule. Give it some time. Let some air out of that balloon before you go into the office, to before you go in, into the kitchen, before you go into your, your son, your daughter's uh, space to address whatever offense has taken place. Uh, second thing we're going to do is this, and it's, this, this doesn't get any easier, by the way, um, but we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them. Next fill in the blank, we're going to pray for them. Uh, Jesus said this in, in Matthew uh, 5, 43 and 44. He said, you, you've heard it said to love your neighbor and to hate your enemy. But I tell you, check this out. This is crazy. Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. That's, this is deep into the pool stuff, Jesus. Like, come on now. Like these people who persecute you, they are, they are intentionally setting out to do you harm. Like, it's not like a, a mistake. No, it's premeditated. It's thought out. I'm going to hurt them. He says, oh, yeah, yeah. That's the person you should pray for. I dare you to do that this week. I dare, I dare, I double dog dare you to apply that this week. That boss, pray for him, pray for her. That coworker, pray for her, pray for him. That relative, maybe that spouse, pray for them. You know, sometimes people are like, hey, Tim, you know what? If you pray for them, like God will give you a verse and then, then that'll, that'll like help ease the tension, right? I'm like, that's okay, buddy. All right, I got a verse. It's Psalms 3, 7. Arise, Lord, deliver me. Strike my enemy on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. Like I got a verse. That's my verse. Do that, God. That's what I want to see happen. And there's something raw. There's something very honest about scripture that, that sometimes pastors like me have a way of, Mellowing it out so it's all happy clappy. But, but the psalmist isn't that way. He's very raw, very honest. And a lot of times he'll come in hot in the psalm. And, and he's like, God, I don't understand this. I'm ticked off about this. Everyone's against me, God. But then by the end of the psalm, he comes into the presence of God. He begins to pray. And by the end of the psalm, he says, but, but oh God, my life is in your hands. Oh, oh God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. Prayer has the power to do that. Sometimes we pray and God changes the situation immediately. And that's awesome when he does. But every time I come into the presence of God with my problem, with that person, with that cactus, removes a few barbs, probably from my skin, and helps me to approach that situation a little bit differently. Let's look at at James 4, 1 and 2 one more time. It says, uh, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you. Thank you, mom, for that one. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but thank you for, for that. But here, let's say it together. Here we go. They, don't they come from what battle within you? It's coming from within us. Um, you want something, but you don't get it. So you kill, you covet, you can't have what you don't want. So you quarrel and fight. But check this out. He says, you do not have because you don't ask God. He's like, if you would just pray about that, the situation would change. If the situation doesn't change, God has a way of changing you in that process. So we got to pray for him. All right, uh, we want the situation to change. We're, we're going to pray. So we're going to overlook some offenses. We're going to pray. Third, we're going to forgive. We're going to forgive. And again, this doesn't get any easier. This is deep into the pool stuff. I get it. Uh, Jesus modeled this for us, actually. And so Jesus, right? Like, imagine this: Deity, God, the Creator of the universe, comes to Earth in the form of of, of people like us, and he he is mocked. He is unjustly tried. He he is spat upon. He's punched. He's stripped and he's paraded through this town like like some float, some barge. And they're mocking him. Then they do the most brutal form of execution. 
They, they, they nail him to a cross. And a lot of times in Christian art, crosses are depicted like way up high, but that's not what historians tell us. They, they would have been just a few inches off the ground, almost at high level with his mama. He would see his best friends. He would see the Roman soldiers who executed him. And in that moment, Jesus looks out and he says this prayer, Father, forgive, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And so, so Jesus extends this invitation to you and to me. I don't know what they did to you. I, I, I don't know how, how deep that pain goes, but surely, surely Jesus can relate to you. Surely it doesn't escape his notice. And here's what, here's what he says. I, the same way I modeled that for you, I'm extending an invitation for you to extend forgiveness to them. It's not easy, deep into the pool stuff. Colossians 3.13 says this. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If any of you ha- have a, a grievance, now it's an interesting word in the original language. It can literally be translated blame. Anytime you're tempted to blame someone, you have an opportunity to forgive them. Anytime it could be translated complaint. Anytime you want to raise a complaint against someone, there's an opportunity for you to forgive. He says, if any of you have a grievance against anyone, you should forgive them. And then check this out. He says, forgive. How, how are we supposed to forgive? As the Lord forgave, forgave you. Here's the good news. You'll never be expected to forgive someone more than you've already been forgiven. That's good news. That's good news. Because I, I, I'm a jacked up dude. Uh, I've been forgiven of a whole lot. And now I know I'm never gonna have to forgive someone more than I've already been forgiven. I I had this thought, I don't have profound thoughts often, uh, but I felt like this was a pretty profound thought this week. And I was praying for you and praying for for this point because I I realized, man, some people have really hurt you. Some people have really, really offended you. And I was praying for you and I had this thought and and you might wanna write this down. And the thought was this, as long as I'm willing to blame someone else for the condition of my heart, I'm choosing to give them power over my heart. As long as I'm willing to blame someone else for the condition of my heart, I'm choosing to give that person, that individual, that situation power over my heart. Here's, here's what I mean. Some people say, hey, I'm Irish, so I'm fiery. Like I got anger issues, y'all, but it's my Irish roots. That's the problem, right? Well, well hey, as long as your Irish roots are fiery, you've just given your Irish roots power over your heart. So until your Irish roots change, you're saying, I can't change. I'm imprisoned by my roots. You see what I'm saying? And so, so as long as I'm willing to blame someone else for the condition of my heart, if my parents would have got this right, then I wouldn't be so jacked up. We just gave your parents the keys, the power over your heart. But as long as my boss is a punk, I'm gonna have issues here. Well, you just gave your boss the keys to your heart. And I, here's what, all I'm asking, as your pastor, I'm just, I'm just inviting you. Would you be willing to take the keys back? You can say that that does not have power over me anymore. I have the ability to change. I am no longer a victim of my circumstances. Thank you, sir. I'm giving your sins back to you and I will take the keys to my heart. Thank you very much. That's tough. Deep into the pool stuff, I get it. We can take the keys back. Don't be imprisoned for a crime they committed against you. Stop drinking the poison and hoping that it hurts them. Choose forgiveness. All right, how you guys doing out there? Huh? Okay. All right, we're good. We're swimming. We're swimming. 
We're going to overlook some offenses from them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to forgive them. And then this doesn't get any easier. But number four, we're going to bless them. This is, we're getting deeper now. This is like we're over our head now. If you're taking notes, to bless means to speak well of. To bless, we're going to use, we're going to use our mouth now to not just curse them, even though they've hurt us. We're going to use our mouth to actually speak well of them. It's fun to talk about people behind their back, isn't it? Like, it makes us feel better about ourselves. Like, let's just be honest. Like, it kind of makes us feel better. But we could take the advice from this dad joke. I don't know if you guys follow dad jokes. I like dad jokes. Uh, If you're on Instagram, you should follow dad jokes, at dad jokes. If you're on Twitter, you should follow bad dad jokes because they're hilarious. This is one from Twitter. Here's what it says. Uh, Hey, have you heard the rumor about the butter? I better not spread it. Come on, man. That's funny. That's funny. You heard the rumor about the butter? I better not spread it. (laughs) Hey, we would do good to take advice from that dad joke. Hey, have you heard the rumor about Nathan? I better not spread it. Hey, have you you heard the the rumor about about Jacob? Ah, better not spread it. You heard the rumor about Melissa? Mm, I, I better not spread it, right? Hey, that's funny. Until you're on the, the spreading end of that, right? And, and so whenever people offend us, whenever that cactus is real prickly, it's, it, we want to say some things about them. Deep into the pool stuff, but Jesus says, no, 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 no. Bless them. Say good things about them. Check this out. Luke 6, 27 through 28. It says, Jesus speaking again. He says, but, but, you, uh, but, I, but I tell you who hear me. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Check this out. Bless Bless those who curse you. Hey, when that guy on the freeway peels back that banana and tells you you're number one, no, bless them. You need to bless them. Don't don't fire back that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't peel the banana. You're going to bless them. Whenever they offend you, speak well of them. Pray for those who mistreat you. C.S. Lewis, he's a brilliant mind, wrote a lot of great Christian literature. Um, He wrote a book called Mere Christianity. And in one of the chapters on love or charity, he says this, and I think it's so true. It's so profound. He says, don't waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. When you begin behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love them. The opposite is also true. If you hate your neighbor and you act as if you hate them, your hatred will grow. Him took mommy van. Him yucky. I punch him in the face, right? It wells up to action. But if you respond in love, don't, don't ask, do I love them? No, act as if you did. And if you act as if you actually love them, you'll actually begin to, to love them. If Mr. Mustache, Princess Pink Lips, Act as if he's not an idiot, and you'll presently come to view him as not an idiot. Act as if she's the best wife in the world, and she will currently become the best wife in the world. Deep into the pool stuff. It's tough. It's tough. I get that. I double dog dare you to apply that this week, though. Instead of you hear something about Velma, don't don't, don't spread it. Because there's nothing bad about Velma, that's why. Nothing to spread. First uh, Peter 3, 9 says this. Uh, don't do wrong to repay a wrong. Don't insult to repay an insult, but repay with a, a blessing. 
because you yourselves were called to this so that you might receive a blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be blessed, give extended blessing. Here's the deal. Uh, if you want to be blessed, start blessing. Uh, start speaking well of those cactuses, those difficult people of your, in your life. Not because they're good, but because you're good. Right? And that's what Jesus is saying. Do this, not because they deserve it. Not because they're good. Jesus is saying this, show them how good you are by doing this. Fifth, final point. Do good to them. Do good to them. Um, I told you this was tough. You should try talking about it. <laughs> I haven't told you a redneck joke in a while, so here we go. Um, there's this redneck named Bubba, because all rednecks have great names like Bubba. And uh, Bubba was a big boy, and, and he, he liked to smoke cigars. And so Bubba was going to this gas station to buy some cigars with his buddies. And they say, say, hey, Bubba, you got something under that there shirt? And Bubba says, yeah, yeah, I got something under this here shirt. It's dynamite under this here shirt. Because that old boy, every time I walk out of this gas station, he slapped my pocket and he break my cigars. And this time, that old boy slapped my chest and tried to break my cigars again. I'm going to blow his hand off. Now, Bubba might blow his hand off, but who's really going to lose in that scenario? <laughs> Bubba, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Like I said, he's a redneck. What do you expect? But if I'm honest, I can act just like Bubba. Oh, you, you going to slap my chest? I'm about to blow your hand off. But here's the deal. I'm going to lose in that situation. God has a plan next time someone comes and slaps your chest and you want to blow their hand off. Romans 12, 17 through 21 says this. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. Check this out. If it is possible, if it's at all possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Man, if we could do that. As far as it depends on you. What, what, what Paul's saying is, as far as it depends on you, don't have any enemies. Can you imagine what your life would look like if you said, you know what, I have no enemies. Imagine what your life would look like if you said, you know what, there are no cactuses that I can't hug. What would your life look like if as far as it depends on you, you were at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my friends. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. What he's saying here is God's saying, hey, let me take care of that bill for you, Velma. They offended you. I'm going to, I saw that. I got your back. I'm going to pay them back. Here's the deal, though. I, I want to try to pay that bill back before I give God the chance to pay it back. Because I want to. I want to blow the hand off. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you'll be heaping burning coals onto his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. With good. So we're going to do good. And I know what you're thinking. And I'm, we're, we're closing now. So Jake, I don't know if you can come join me up here. Um, I know what you're thinking. That's a tough list, Pastor. <laughs> you're really asking a lot of us today. And you're right. I, I am. And I, I know it's tough. 
I know it's tough because here's the deal. Like I, I, there's some people that sometimes I have encounters with and it just makes my blood boil and it's tough. And whenever you're emotionally charged, it's hard to, to love people well. It's hard to, to do what we just talked about. And I'll be honest with you. I, I realize in a room like this, many of us will never do what we just talked about. We're just not gonna do it, are we? Because uh, here's the deal, it's too hard. It's too hard. I will never do what Jesus just commanded unless. You will never do what you just heard unless. You'll never overlook an offense unless you realize God has overlooked a lot of offenses in your life, hasn't he? You'll never be able to pray for them unless you realize that on your worst day, in your worst moment, scripture tells us that Jesus was at the right hand of God praying for you, interceding for you on your worst day. He did that for you. Unless you realize that, you'll never be able to pray for them. You'll never be willing to forgive them unless you realize that you yourself have been forgiven. And here's the question. Well, how much have I been forgiven? How much am I supposed to forgive? Well, my question would be, how much have you been forgiven? My Bible tells me as far as the East is from the West, so far as he removed your sin and your transgressions from you. He's wiped your slate clean. Though your sins were as scarlet, the Bible says he's made them white as snow. And the good news is you'll never be expected to forgive someone more than you've been forgiven. But unless you take hold of that reality, you'll never extend forgiveness to them. You'll never bless them unless you realize that when God saw everything you ever did, every mistake you ever made, every word you said that was offensive to him, and he could have put you on blast, couldn't he? He could have, he could have spread that butter real good, but he didn't. He chose to speak a better word over your life, didn't he? He chose to speak a better word over my life. He chose to, he chose to bless you even when you were hurling curses. Has God been good to you? Because here's the deal, you'll never want to do good to them unless, unless you realize that while we were yet sinners, God did the ultimate good for you. While we were, the Bible says, I was an enemy of God because of my actions, because of my thoughts. And while I was an enemy of God, God stepped in, he did the ultimate good for me. He did the ultimate good for you. And he said, here's my son. I wanna bless you. I wanna do, I'm, I'm not just gonna talk, I'm gonna do good. I'm gonna take action for you. Unless you realize how much good he's done for you, we'll never be able to do good for them. Understanding how good he's been to me expands my capacity to pick myself up off the mat one more time and try to hug that cactus. Even in the moments of my life when I want to yell, him yucky, <laughs> him yucky. I realize I've been yucky. I realize there's some things in my life that are currently yucky. But God didn't call that out. He calls out something better in me. When I feel like I want to punch them in the face, I realized that God could have delivered a deadly blow to me. He didn't. 
Instead, he chose to do good. And he absorbed the deadly blow himself and actually took my place. He did that for me. I know he's done that for you. And now he invites you to do the same, not because they're good, but because you are. Let's pray. Jesus, we're in the deep end of the pool today. And God, you ask us to do some stuff that I don't feel like doing. But Jesus, you've done all of those things for me. So God, I pray that you would help me to take hold of that. I pray, God, that you would help my friends here in this room to take hold of that reality for themselves. That God, we might be able to apply your word to our lives today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we don't do this often, but I just feel like it would be unfair for me to ask you to do something that you haven't experienced. And so maybe you're here and you say, I've never experienced the forgiveness of God. I've never experienced freedom that only Christ can provide. So how am I supposed to do that for someone else? Well, today could be your day. If you say, I wanna take hold of what, what God's done for me on the cross, then you can do that today by saying a simple prayer like this with me. If you're ready to cross that line of faith, I just invite you to say a prayer with me along these lines. God, I acknowledge that I've done wrong. I've blown it. And I've broken eternal commands that require eternal consequences. But I hear that Jesus paid my price, paid the penalty for my sin on a cross over 2,000 years ago. Thanks for doing good to me. And God, I embrace that reality. I invite you, Jesus, to come into my life and be the leader and the forgiver of my life. God, from this point forward, I'm not living for myself. I wanna live for you. So God, I pray you would come into my heart, extend your forgiveness, make me into a new man, new woman that you created me to be, and I'll live for you.